honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com. And now, your host, Paladino Joey. Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Timberwolves Explosion is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. It's nice to be back on board once again today, but, well, quite frankly, my fears were realized this upcoming week. The Timberwolves, that's right, 0-3. Yep, 0-3 for the Timberwolves. I had a bad feeling, bad matchups and all that, so, yeah. Uh, Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Yes, Jim. I think uh, I think we're heading in that direction. Um, Jim Har- uh, Jim Mora. Not Jim Harbaugh. Jim Mora there. Jim Harbaugh is a little bit crazier than him, but, uh, well, probably a better coach, right? Michigan and San Francisco, all that. Yeah, well. Mm. Yeah, okay. Let's just get on with it. Friday, March the 17th. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Glad to see you're all still alive. Okay, no, I'm kidding. And, um, yeah, me personally, not a big, not big into drinking. I'll have one or two and move on with my night without, uh, all the other nonsense. Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, just, what the hell? This was a bloodletting week. I mean, uh, you know, I'd almost call the title of this episode bloodletting. In fact, I might, because the defense was awful. Um, the Spurs game, the defense was much better. You know, it's funny. We actually play good defense against the Spurs. You got, like, Miami and New Orleans. We don't play defense. Okay. Um, Miami's been playing great, and okay, you know, you see that happening, and they're getting up into the Eastern uh, Conference postseason rankings now, so good for them. They're, it's working out. They're coming back from a horrible start to the season, though. They're probably going to have to be without Deion Waiters for a while after a nice dunk and all that. Early on, a few minutes later, Deion Waiters down into the ankle. So, I mean, his ankle literally like kind of had nowhere to go as he was coming down, went into Carl Anthony Towns' foot. And a Miami player as well. Uh, Hassan Whiteside kind of like looked away like, oh man. Like, <laughs> so Deion Waiters, starting shooting guard, who'd been doing a great job there. He's going to be out for an extended period with that one. Uh, played about 12 minutes, made all three of his attempts from the floor, including a great dunk along the way, even three assists. Waiters have been playing so well for the Miami Heat. So good luck to him and all that. Um, but this was a joke. <laughs> You know, it was like an all-star game for the Miami Heat. And, yeah, you know, the Wolves are playing all-star game type of defense. And the Heat were playing all-star game type of offense. Just kind of getting around us, hitting every three they wanted, it seemed like. I mean, it felt like there was no resistance continuously. I mean, it's amazing. The Heat only shot 31% from beyond the arc. That's hard to believe. But about 60% overall, 59 uh, at the end of the day, 50 of 85. Um, Just no... Passing lane defense. It seemed like no transition defense. The Heat were just going right through the Wolves like warm butter. I mean, it was a like the, the it was a heated knife going through warm butter. That's basically what was going on throughout this entire game. Uh, one twenty three to one hundred five. If I didn't mention the score already, just I don't really have a whole lot to say about this one. And I don't know. I mean, it's nice that Carl Anthony Towns, Ricky Rubio, and Andrew Wiggins all amassed 20 points in the game. See, that's the fun part. Even Shabazz Muhammad, 15 off the bench, very sharp. But when you play absolutely, positively zero defense, 
I don't know. I mean, there's nothing really positive about it. I mean, I'm glad Wiggins got to 26 points, so that's above his average. And Carl Anthony Towns' average continues to climb up. We'll talk about that in a minute. Andrew Wiggins back to 23 points a game after this week. But, damn, you know, this is disappointing. Uh, the Spurs game, yeah, there, there's some positivities coming out of that. But then just the way you lose a game like that just gets you screaming and pissed off. And it got me going on Twitter a little bit, and I had no resistance, which is kind of nice. Everybody actually agreed for once. Usually I get a lot of resistance, but maybe that's on Facebook. Uh, Twitter seems to be a little bit more of a place where you can rant sometimes. Um, I wasn't too bad, I promise. Nice to see Luke Babbitt hit a couple threes like he always does against us. Remember, we traded him away from Martel Webster. I think I forgot the guy's name, Martel Webster, the last time I brought up Luke Babbitt. Uh, good for him. He's one of those guys. He, he starts for Miami, but only plays about 18 minutes a game. Uh, Wayne Rain Ellington, former Timberwolf as well, role player. He's having a nice, solid season down there in South Beach. About 12 points a game, if you can believe that, off the bench. It's actually not a bad team, to be quite honest. Tyler Johnson, 23 points off the bench. Hassan Whiteside, kind of like Carl Anthony Towns, but, well, no resistance against him. I mean, he was just dunking everything he wanted to throughout the entire game. Goran Dragic just having too much fun with Tyler Johnson after he hit a three-point shot. I mean, there's just nobody there. And James Johnson. I mean, just there's just nobody there guarding <laughs> guarding him on a three-point shot. And Goran Dragic just walks over, able to high-five him and, and everything. And it's like all in slow motion. It's like, it's kind of a mockery. But that's that's what type of game this was. I don't even really want to talk about it this much. Um, not going to be a whole lot of conversation of the game review this week. It's depressing. Do you really want to talk about these games all that much anyway? <sighs> New Orleans, maybe a little bit more to say here. Uh, 123 points given up again. Great. I mean, a defense that was improving, showing signs, and then it goes down the tank to, like, historic levels. Historic levels for the history of the franchise. What? I don't know what to tell you. Um, I really don't know what to tell you here. Wolves playing very strong, and it's like, okay, good. I'm going to be right. We're finally going to overcome this whole New Orleans Pelicans thing, where... You know, they have nice players on this team, but they suck. And they, and they continue to lose games to basically everybody. Okay, the record's getting a little bit better. Sure, they've got 30 wins on the season now. We're happy for them. But, I mean, just a mediocre team at the end of the day. They lose to this team, lose to that team. And then they play the Wolves. And then, you're, then every time they play the Wolves, you see exactly what kind of potential this club, club could potentially have coming into the season. Forgive me for saying potential so much. Carl Anthony Towns, uh, a rare non double-double, but still managed to get 33 points, only six rebounds, and similar to last time around, because it seems like Mr. <laughs> Anthony Davis scoops them all up, and now you got DeMarcus Cousins, who's actually the center, Anthony Davis can move over to play power forward, and he's having even more fun, <clears throat> hard to believe Davis and Cousins no blocks in the game, how weird is that, that's beyond bizarre, where Carl managed to get zero, so no blocks between the three of those guys, <laughs> <laughs> Gory Zhang able to get two blocks, had no points in the Miami Heat game, wound up with nine in this one. Solid, but all right, and he did get his ten rebounds, so at least he was able to accomplish that. Brandon Rush, he's just kind of a ghost out there. Ricky Rubio was strong, particularly in the first half, and wound up with 14 total assists. We enjoyed that very much. Lots of fun uh, fun in that first half. The Wolves were moving around, hitting three-point shots and getting to the basket. Carl Anthony Towns, he had a similar situation to the Miami game where he was just all by himself, kind of looked over at his bench. Launched the shot and it went in. Looked back at his at his own bench, kind of smiling, whatever it was. He made half of his threes in the game. So it's a nice matchup when you see Towns 
and Anthony Davis going at it, or Towns and Boogie Cousins. So you're seeing Towns match up with these guys, and that's great, and we appreciate it very much. But that second half and all that, uh, yeah, garbage. Uh, uh, <laughs> Andrew Wiggins, better this week, much better. He's, he's adding the points, but you're still seeing lackadaisical defense until the Spurs game. But then again, in the, in the Spurs game and l- later in that fourth quarter, that great defense kind of disappeared. It was nice to see Wiggins pl- uh, play strong man defense and Kawhi Leonard. It's actually quite hard to believe and pretty cool. It was nice to see a matchup well. So good, solid week for Andrew Wiggins, I have to say, at least in the offensive department and defense occasionally. Uh, Shabazz Muhammad, 20 points off the bench. Again, doing his James Worthy thing, getting down into that lane and dunking, and we appreciate it very much and hitting a couple shots along the way as well. But overall, that second half, just like the Heat game, I mean, the Pelicans did whatever they wanted. Transition defense, three-point shots, whatever it was, alley-oops. It just was a whole lot of crap. It all turned out to be a whole lot of crock of crap here. 123-109, again, if I didn't mention it. So 123 points, again, in regulation, of course. Carl with 33, if I didn't officially mention that. So great week, statistically, for Carl Anthony Towns, at least in these first couple of games. And, but defensively, and just, I don't know. I mean, complete lack of focus. You're not really seeing what you were seeing earlier. And this pretty much puts the uh, whole playoff thing... Puts the whole nail in the coffin for that, so it is what it is. Minnesota Timberwolves during the course of this week in the process of acquiring, signing Omri Caspi out of Israel. So, shalom, shalom, Omri Caspi. <laughs> I'm half Lebanese, I'm not Jewish, so, but shalom to him. Uh, welcome aboard. <laughs> and he looked good in that Spurs game, we'll talk about that in a second. Really not a whole lot else to say other than this New Orleans team, you know, you're seeing what they could be, and... They could be very good. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins, just a beautiful fadeaway shot, too, I should mention. Just silky smooth. I love Drew Holiday. He's just awesome. Jordan Crawford, he's back. I mean, you almost forgot about him. Remember with the Nets? He's back. He's alive, and he's kind of good, actually. Uh, 22 points off the bench. Nice addition by the New Orleans Pelicans. Keep him around. Why? 22 points. He made 4 of 7 from beyond the arc, so good for him overall. Pelicans, though, I mean, you got Holiday, Cousins, and Davis. That's a big three right there. If Cousins wants to come back, uh, we'll see what happens with that. But uh, not bad. Not a bad group of players there. you got the Twin Towers situation, though. Again, they're not winning a whole lot of games, but maybe, just maybe, if, if Drew Holiday can stay healthy and all that, that uh, things can start heading in the right direction for that club in the not-too-distant future. In fact, very not-too-distant future. Um, defense needs to improve, definitely, with that club. But um, when you have a Anthony Davis, that's a good place to start. So... Well, the Wolves gave up gave up 100 points again to the Spurs. It was a nice dream while it lasted when the Wolves only allowed 20 when the when the Wolves only allowed 97 last time around, but okay. They only gave up three more points, but they were crucial down the stretch. Unfortunately, 103-93. Again, the Pelicans, by the way, I should mention, got, got over 70 points in the second half. Just a joke as they just crushed the Wolves in the third and fourth quarters. Um depressing. But back to the Spurs game, the Wolves looked so good in this game, and it was so fun to watch. Carl Anthony Towns and Wiggins both getting into the 20s and all that. But Andrew Wiggins was staying with Kawhi Leonard this time around, and he was staying ahead of Kawhi Leonard in the scoring department. I mean, Kawhi was stuck at two points for the longest time, and then he got to eight and all that, but eh, you know, but Wiggins was, was ahead most of the way, 11 points, 14 points, still again wound up with 22 at the end of the day. Didn't shoot well, but hey, Andrew Wiggins and Kawhi Leonard both wound up with 22, so, well, they tied. So that's good. Um, But after that, well, 
again, late in the game, fourth quarter and all that. Uh, just, I don't know. I mean, it looked like the Vikings versus the New Orleans Saints again. I mean, really? You're, you're ahead? You're actually kind of outplaying the Spurs a little bit? And, and it was really cool to watch. Maybe a very impressive win. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I hope you're not hearing these police and all that going on in the background. It isn't me thereafter. So, no, something bad is going on. That's too bad. But, uh, yeah, fire trucks. Okay, sorry, I'm distracting myself here. Uh, well, you got to see Omri Caspi. That was nice. But, uh, well, <clears throat> the Spurs just took away the passing lanes. They took advantage of Ricky Rubio's mediocre jump shot, even though he's been having a strong season. He didn't shoot well in the game, 3 of 10 overall. And Ricky Rubio had some huge turnovers down the stretch, and it wasn't just him. It was Wiggins. It was others. But Rubio especially. Uh, Kawhi Leonard made Wiggins look silly late in the game, and he beat him when it mattered. Again, making ba- getting to the basket very easily, doing that Iceman finger roll, all that stuff late in the game. Wiggins could not keep up with him all of a sudden. So when it mattered most, the Spurs just took the game away from the Wolves, despite the fact, again, the Wolves outplayed the Spurs the entire game until late, you know, <laughs> until very late. And it was heartbreaking at the end of the day. Uh, Shabazz Muhammad, 18 points off the bench again. So we, we love it. He's definitely earning some type of contract. We'll see. I, I say don't break the bank on the guy, but if you can keep him, that would be great. Sorry about the noise there. Uh, Brandon Rush, 18 minutes of nothing. Thanks very much. I mean, it's like, you know, he was solid earlier in the year, and it's like now that he became like a full-time starter, he stinks again, and it's too bad. He's kind of become, he's back into that nobody player he was the last five years or so with Golden State and others. Uh, occasional decent game, but overall not a whole lot going on. He's just kind of there, and it's like, whatever. His defense is adequate, and that's about it. Uh, Omri Caspi, very quick in his feet, so we appreciate that big time. Uh, of course, his injury was to his hand, not to his feet anyway, so nice to see Caspi. Uh, very quick in his feet defensively. And he does bring that, and he's got a little bit of offensive talent as well. Five points in about 21 and a half minutes. So solid overall game. Again, like the, like the quickness. I'm kind of surprised. It's like there's little things you don't notice when you see them on, on other teams. But when you're watching them closely because they're on your club, you're kind of like, huh, cool. It's always fun to see that. Or sometimes you see deficiencies, and that's not fun. But Caspi, not bad. Not bad. And it sounds like the Wolves will be looking to keep him in the summertime. With maybe a uh, multi-year contract, not, not nothing huge, but maybe two, three years, something like that. We'll we'll see. Up to we'll see where things go with that. Wolves have plenty of cap space. There's no doubt there. Omri Caspi certainly not a grade A, uh, not the grade A uh, move the Wolves are going to do in the summer. He'll be like a, a B or B or C type move, probably C ultimately at the end of the day. But he's a he's a real player in this league. That's the cool part. Um, again, though, Rubio and Wiggins. Wiggins' defense went from outstanding, just keeping up with uh, Kawhi Leonard in a great way, taking away the passing lane, denying him the ball, and that was great. And then it's just like Kawhi said, okay, enough of this, and just kind of made Wiggins look silly later. Uh, Just his defense not so good, and of course uh, Wiggins' offense not so good as Kawhi Leonard got up on him and got him to miss time and time again. (sighs) Kawhi Leonard stealing the ball away from Rubio multiple times, just taking that passing lane away. They sagged off him, and they fooled Rubio. Time and time again, Rubio looking to make the pass, and just next thing you know, it was a black jersey taking the ball, and the Spurs literally just stole the game away from the Wolves. Again, final score, 100-93. to A heartbreaking fourth quarter after, again, a third quarter that was not good either. Um, the Wolves blew their 18th double-digit lead this season and 33rd 
in the last two years. That is uh, insane. Double digits. Did you did you hear those numbers? By the way, did you hear that? And Wiggins, one three pointer in the last eleven games. One three pointer made in the last eleven games. I mean, I can't even believe that. That doesn't even sound right. It makes me want to go back and check on it. But um, did you hear that? Did you hear this? Eighteen double digit leads blown this game. Thirty three in the last two years. You hear that? Huh. Um. That's not good. Uh, it, it needs to stop. The Wolves need to hang on to these leads. And okay, come on, come on and tell me they're young and they're improving and all that. You know, you can say that forever, but let's uh, stop blowing double-digit leads. You know, I mean, this is a game that could have been won, and I had a lot to say on Twitter as well. So we'll we'll get to that in the in the third segment. But um, you know, I don't want to hear that I'm negative. I don't want to hear that I'm <laughs> polluting. Facebook boards or whatever the heck it is, game threads. I don't want to hear that because that's nonsense. you got to hang on to these leads. Uh, Warriors, they blew the double-digit lead, but they still won the game. Now, that did not that does not count as one of the 18 because the Wolves won the game. We're saying those are games that the Wolves lost. Those are games. Let's say the Wolves win nine of those games. What's their record? Well, gosh darn it, 37. They have 37 wins. They're right there, baby. 37 wins. How many losses would it be? That'd be... Uh, <laughs> Let's say from 42, you go to you go to 33. So 37, 33, you're right there in the playoffs. So just just half of them. That's half. I'm not saying all of them because you're not going to hang on to every game. But 18 double-digit leads. That's how good the Wolves were playing in the games that they ended up not winning. And that's insane. It's bullcrap. <laughs> uh, even back in the Kevin Love era, the Wolves blew uh, 15 double-digit leads. So it's been around. Yeah. So it is what it is. Rubio is the uh, the common factor in those two teams, and I'm not blaming everything on Rubio, but it doesn't help when a guy is not known to be dangerous with his jump shot. You can stag off of him and give him, you know, take away the passing lanes and create the uh, Brett Favre type of mistakes that took place in this game. Rubio, thank you for a strong strong season, a strong rebound in the second half of this year. We do appreciate it very much, but just saying, just saying, things are things are you know <laughs> things are the way they are at times with with certain players and. Results end up going in that direction. Again, not blaming it all on Rubio because Wolves need to play better defense, without a doubt. Um, need to hit timely shots. I mean, there were so many times in the, you know, Carl Anthony Towns, as easy as he makes it look sometimes, sometimes he just can't believe he missed a layup in this situation. Where, did he really miss that? I mean, right next to the basket, did he really miss that? Wiggins, just again, you know, low energy, time and time again. As he puts up those long twos and it just bricks off the iron and it's like, you know, so again, if you think of blaming it all on Rubio, you're crazy. And Kevin Love, he's a big choke too. He's a big choke artist. That's why he goes from a number one guy to a number three guy in a quick hurry. And then he gets his ring. Then he gets his ring in a very, very reduced role in the NBA Finals. Almost, he was he was playing in those in that series almost as if he was hurt or something. He's barely, barely able to get 10 points in those games. And I, pardon me for kind of going stuttering like that. So, um... It's irritating, it, irritating to see leads just fall apart. So we're just going to have to let that go as it is. Um, we'll just kind of leave this one as is. Alpha Wolf of the Week. I guess it's Carl Anthony Towns. Nice statistics and all that. Again, he got into double. He got into the twenties, and of course, of course, double digits. No kidding. He got well above twenty the whole week. Twenty-five and fourteen in the Spurs game. Uh, I can't even give an honorable mention to Andrew Wiggins and definitely not Rubio the way he collapsed in the game. So it's just Carl Anthony Towns, Alpha Wolf. 
not the strongest alpha wolf of the season for him, but just, you know, not a whole lot of competition either during this week. Okay, Shabazz Muhammad, strong week, very strong week. I'll give him an honorable mention as he's been keeping the Wolves in games with that timely offense and athleticism and all that. We do appreciate his ability to run the floor to the level he does, and it's it's been good. He's he's our James Worthy, to be quite honest, in that sense, able to finish in those fast breaks and hit an occasional three. Not bad. Not a bad force off the bench, and a bench that's desperate for something. And Omri Caspi hopefully can bring that as well, as he's going to have to. I mean, no Belitza, no... Uh, <laughs> Lance Stevenson, the Wolves ultimately let him go. So, yeah, I'm in your place only Bielitsa at the end of the day with Caspi at this stage. So, we'll see. Um, Bielitsa, well, we'll worry about that next year. Hopefully he can come back a, a better player next year and obviously healthy and ready to go too. Jordan Hill, Adrian Payne, guys like that. Pekovic, that's going to be the end of the end of the road for those guys, i got to think, unfortunately for them. But um, we'll worry about that when it happens. The Johnny Flynn Memorial, it's like Rubio late in the games, Wiggins with those weak shots and mistakes, stuff like that. Even Gorgie Zhang was quiet most of the week, but solid in the Spurs game, though he did foul out. That did not help at all. Chris Dunn kind of mediocre off and on. Tyus Jones much quieter this week. Cole Aldrich doesn't play enough, and he's not good anyway. <laughs> I mean, he misses the easiest shots next to the basket, and that's what he did in the Spurs game. Right next to the basket, he couldn't even get it in. Pathetic, man. Um... Kind of in general, just poor defense and stupid turnovers and just getting outsmarted by good solid de- good solid teams with good defense called the Spurs, stuff like that. So it's kind of a collective effort with that Johnny Flynn Memorial. I mean, even Towns can be in that group in terms of the poor defense and just, I don't know, I mean, missing shots that I think should be made. Like, come on, you got to make these. It's really annoying to watch. And you're right next to the basket. Just get it in there. I mean, seriously, go glass, whatever it is. I mean, a simple little stuff. Just put it in the damn basket. I understand the defense is strong and all that, but some of these are silly misses. Just finish, please. And again, Wiggins is a huge, huge factor in that. I mean, Wiggins could could, could get a Flynn ultimately for his week. Uh, nice to see Carl Anthony Towns is average. Though when you look at his points a game, in the positive side of things, 24.6. That is insane. And Wiggins back up to 23. So, cool to look at that. That's cool to look at, statistics and all that. But, yeah, the results of these games, frustrating. So, we'll wrap up this segment right here, right now. And we're going to be previewing four games. Two against the Lakers at the beginning and the end. It's like bookends, basically, you could say. And then you got Portland and Indiana. And i got to tell you... These teams are related. It's so many trades and free agents over the years. It's kind of funny. Like, they're all related kind of in that sense. They're like cousins to each other in a lot of ways. It's kind of funny. So we'll be back to talk about that very shortly. So, yeah. Ah, rubbish. What a depressing week. And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number two, preview segment. Going to preview four games, two with the Lakers. So, again, like I said earlier, bookend this four games. you got Portland and Indiana in between. Again, like I always say, these uh, I swear these teams are related to each other, the trades over the years and, and free agency and all that. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Jermaine O'Neal, other guys along the way. Uh, I swear, you know, <laughs> Sessions and, and others... Uh, over years of trades, uh, free agency acquisitions. Do a quick update on the uh, 
standings and all that. The Timberwolves are five and a half games out of the eighth seed in the Western Conference. It's not impossible, but it's pretty close to impossible. So, yeah, um, close enough, I suppose. Utah's still the fourth seed. Houston's third. San Antonio's second. Only two games behind the Golden State Warriors. Both teams like the Popovich themselves. Houston's back in the playoffs again after last year's struggle. Back in the saddle again, so good for them. Nice surprise there, and nice uh, job by Coach Pringles, who's no longer Coach Pringles because he got got rid of the mustache. Maybe that's all he had to do. I don't know. Or he just had to get back to uh, more of a kind of a three-point shooting type of team. Lakers, not really a fit. Knicks, not really a fit. Cleveland and Boston, boy, they are really close. Boston only one game behind the Cleveland Cavaliers who have been struggling in the month of March. And the the New York Nets, the Brooklyn Nets... The Brooklyn Nets have six wins this month. The Cleveland Cavaliers have five. That's an anomaly. Uh, that's a uh, forecast and foolery or whatever, like me and Marcus used to do in the past. Uh, we'll hear from Marcus today. A little bit to talk about once again. Great to have him at least get on board via text message or you know stuff like that or word of mouth. But uh, good to have Marcus back on board. I wouldn't mind getting him to record some audio submissions, stuff like that. Miss you today. So let's get to the Laker game. March the 24th, March the 24th, Friday. Minnesota Timberwolves head to Staples Center to play Vince Germano's favorite club, the Los Angeles Lakers, the so-called City of Angels. And I want to wish a happy birthday to Paul Tuniverse Caniff, my friend there, who who, uh, moved to Seattle. Of course, born here locally, but moved to Seattle back in 2013, the end of the year there. Miss him. Um, But now he's... 37 now. Wow. Yep. He's as old as I am now, officially. <laughs> Only one game so far between these clubs, so it's time to do a little makeup duty here. <laughs> of course, you got the two games, like I mentioned, 16 times already. March 24th, March the 30th, and April the 9th. So a lot of catching up with the Lakers. Oh, goody. Uh, Vince Germano wasn't too happy back on Sunday, November the 13th. That's a long time ago. The Rules win by 26 points in that game. I think the Wolves should be able to win both of these games. I mean, the, out of this schedule, these are definitely the most winnable, I'd have to say. The Lakers really struggling, but hey, you know, I mean, sometimes it's a good thing to have a really bad record because you can have a really good player coming out of the draft in June. Brooklyn Nets, still five games ahead of the Lakers, we'll say, for the number one pick, or at least the most lotto balls, we'll say. Phoenix has reportedly been tanking as well. There are two games well, behind the Lakers for the second lotto ball, second amount of lotto ball. So basically the two games better than the Lakers, if you get the idea. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a talented, it's a talented team, but certainly not ready to knock anyone's socks off. That's for sure. Long way to go there. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, well, you know, he, he shows he shows flashes. That's kind of the theme here. Nick Young is still there, kind of like that one guy on the comes off the bench that shoots too much. That's kind of about what Nick Young has been. Uh, Julius Randle still not really becoming great at this moment, but eh, he's okay, averaging about eight and a half rebounds, thirteen points, and I'm basically going to kind of. Uh, I'm going to kind of merge these two games together in a sense. Now, the first one again in Staples Center. Friday night tonight, so that'll be fun to watch. Corey Brewer's uh, on the club now. Uh, <laughs> Meta World Peace, and it's, it's got to be his last year now. I mean, what the hell? Meta World Peace, Ron Artest, whatever you want to call him, Tariq Black, Larry Lance Jr. So kind of a mix of veterans and, and you know, Luol Deng certainly not living up to the to the money given to him, only averaging about 7.5 points a game. All I have to say is I told you so. Um, 
And, you know, I'm mad at my, I mean, I'm, I'm mad at myself for thinking, man, why didn't we get him? But then it's like, well, of course we didn't get him. And why would you want him at that price tag? I mean, that's, that's way too much. So I don't know. I don't think, uh, I don't think I'm too worried about that. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, nice little factor off the bench. Crazy to think D'Angelo Russell's actually leading the club in the scoring. So good for him. Brandon Ingram, very raw at this stage. Timothy Mozgov, nice addition. And uh, Zubak as well. Vince Germano really likes Zubak. That guy's got a nice future. He'll be the starting center for the Lakers long term here. I got to think, unless they get some kind of superstar in the draft. I'm not. I've not even looked at the draft this year, so I'm not gonna. So forgive me for being ignorant about it. I'm not even looking at the draft yet. I will be very soon because it's going to be time to, but not yet. Um, the Wolves should win this game. I mean, plain and simple. And it's not because I'm bashing the Lakers. It's because the Wolves just should win the game. Um, they've been playing up and down basketball of late. I expect to win, though. I mean, I don't even know where to go with these. I mean, let's just say if the Wolves don't win these games, it's kind of embarrassing. You know, and again, it's no offense to Vince Germano. And he knows how I feel. I, I have a soft spot for the Lakers because, you know, when you have a close friend, you kind of start to like their teams, too, a little bit. At least a little bit. <laughs> I'm not a hater, so, uh, but I'm not a lover either, I'll tell you that much, too. <laughs> Ask my, no, I'm kidding. Okay, uh, whatever. Uh, not a whole lot, really, to say about this, these, these matchups. I, uh, the Wolves should win this game, expect a good amount of points from Carl Anthony Towns. Zach Levine, who usually would play well against the Lakers, you know, UCLA and all that, even though he's from, like, or, uh, even though he's from, like, the Seattle area. Um, I gotta, think Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins will lead the way in points. No kidding. Uh, expect to, it'll be fun to see Omri Caspi get his second game, you know, get his feet wet, a second game with the club. And again, possibility of him being signed here long term. Shabazz Muhammad, another UCLA guy. I expect a pretty high numbers here in the, in both of these games, possibly 20 points in each of them. 20, 15 to 20 points from Shabazz Muhammad. Expect to see some exciting, dazzling play from Shabazz as he is from around that area. So, and he always plays well against the Lakers. I expect Wiggins to get 25-ish in both of them. Towns to get 30-ish in both of them, honestly. Uh, he might have an interchangeable between the two. But the one in Los Angeles, I think it'll be a close one. It'll be much more entertaining than the one here uh, next week. I'll say the score now, and I'll say the score for the next one later. But again, the same matchup, same situation, or at least similar. I expect a final score of something of the likes... You know, it's going to have Thibodeau kind of yelling and screaming and pissed off. 110-105, Minnesota will beat the Lakers. They'll give up 105 points in the game. The defense will be better than last uh, than the last couple games, <laughs> other than the Spurs game, which was decent until the end when it when it mattered most. But 110-105, um, Minnesota wins. Carl Anthony Towns, I think. I think, well, yeah, I'm going to go with Towns leading the way on the road in L.A. Of course, that's where his career started at Staples Center. Very cool. So let's go Saturday, the 25th, back-to-back. Portland Trail Blazers. Oh, goody. A team also fighting for the final spot in the Western Conference. And they're just, you know, they're right there. Only one game behind the Denver Nuggets, who recently beat the Cavaliers. They're playing great basketball right now. And Portland's hanging in there. And they're very talented, but it's a mess. I mean, I don't know. It's weird that they're not winning games, actually. Yet at the same time, I mean, all their talent pretty much is in the backcourt. I mean, Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. Nurkic, though, is really good, and they have improved in that acquisition with Denver. I mean, that's a great move. Then again, I mean, <laughs> Denver's doing just fine, I suppose, too. So you can kind of come back both ways, I suppose. 
That's what makes you want like, to kind of step on your, your own toes a bit when you have a conversation about these two clubs because they're very close. And I don't know, it's weird to see them make a trade in midseason when you consider how close they are in the standings. Uh, Damian Lillard, again, just an awesome player. As long as he can stay healthy, 27 points a game at this stage, about five rebounds, almost six assists. Not as many as assists as you'd like, but I don't know. McCollum helps make up for it. Nurkic is a nice passer, and even Evan Turner can kind of play a little point forward kind of type of style. A little, little bit of a, yeah, I don't know. He's not a Scottie Pippen, but he can kind of play the role a little bit for Portland. A solid team, a dangerous team. Uh, I don't like the Wolves in Portland very much. In fact, we never win there. Uh, uh, you know, it's just, <laughs> I never feel comfortable in Portland, and it's a back-to-back coming off a win. I think Portland Trailblazers win the game, unfortunately. Uh, another one, another situation where it's a, in this case, it's a five-game series because it's a division rival. Portland barely beat the Wolves. Remember, they were winning the game the whole time on New Year's Day. No Damian Lillard and that stinking McCollum went off, and I think he's going to have some very good games against this club. Again, what's been the Wolves' defense forever? What's been the Wolves' problem forever? Achilles' heel is the perimeter defense. So McCollum, Lillard, both healthy this time around. I don't think the Wolves will win in Portland. Forgive me there. I was getting a little bit disoriented. It's because, yeah, that's right. I was like, wait a minute. March the 6th, why why didn't that play again? Oh, yeah, and it's like, duh, yeah, the, the condensation on the court, that's why. So, yeah, still four games, or three games, excuse me, that fifth game doesn't count, it doesn't exist, so it is now um, April the 3rd, and then we play them again on April the 6th, so playing Portland three times in the next <laughs> couple of weeks here, pretty funny, but uh, I don't think the Wolves will win in Portland, hopefully we can come back and win the game against the Blazers on the 3rd, and then we have to play the Warriors the next day, which, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we'll have the same April magic, but at least we beat them in March, so at least we'll hopefully at least gain a split against the Warriors. It'll be nice. Uh, well, we'll leave that alone. Gain a split in in that sense in the last two matchups. Um, Portland's going to win the game, though, as I continue to bounce all over myself. The Blazers will amass a final score, something of the likes. I, I don't know. I just got a bad feeling. Even though last time around it was low-scoring, the Wolves are playing good defense, showing signs of it. I got a bad feeling. I, I really do. I'm going to think like 113 to 100, something crappy. I think McCollum and Lillard will both go off. Maybe 60 points between, you know, when you combine the two together. Something like that. I mean, saying 50 points between the two is not saying much. It's really not because Lillard's averaging 27 and McCollum's averaging 23. That's, well, you know, well, <laughs> that's pretty pretty much 50 points right there. So whatever. 60 points is what I'm expecting between those two guys. And again, that's not trying to be negative or anything. It's just a bad matchup. And let's be honest with it. 113-100, the Portland Trailblazers beat the Wolves. And if the Wolves do win the game, it's because something like of the likes of Wiggins will go off, I think. Carl has had some good games against Portland, but Wiggins has really historically been the better player against Portland. He's, he's been kind of the star for the Wolves when the Wolves have won against this club. So I do expect Wiggins to get about 28 points in the game, but if he goes off for something like 35, 40 points, you know, that's how the Wolves will win the game. It would take something like that from Wiggins. And again, you know, it's just a, it's just a matchup thing. Don't really like that matchup. Minnesota heads into Indiana on Tuesday, the 28th of March, as we near the end of the month, if you can believe it. Third place in that central division there, fighting for the playoffs. They're in the playoffs at the moment in the Eastern Conference. Number seven seed, they would play the Boston Celtics. Good luck with that, unfortunately. 
Uh, Miami, though, you know, when you think about it, Indiana and Miami are dangerous teams, though, for Cleveland and Boston in that first round. I'm not expecting any any upsets. I'm not expecting Louisville to get beat by Michigan or anything, something like that. Or yeah, let's leave that alone. <laughs> kind of pissed me off. Oh, that pissed me off, especially Middle Tennessee beating the Gophers. But it is what it is. Um, look at the Bankers Fieldhouse. It used to be the Conseco Fieldhouse in the past, but yeah, Bankers Life Fieldhouse. Talk about bad matchups, though. The Wolves never play good against Indiana, especially in Indiana. Like, occasionally we'll beat them here, but over there it just never happens. Paul George, not having the numbers he did last year, but still strong. He's got all these help. I mean, he's, he's got a lot of help there, too, from Young, uh, Thaddeus Young. He's back to not rebounding. He rebounded like a madman last year in Brooklyn. Maybe go back to Brooklyn, Thaddeus. You know, get some rebounds, Al Jefferson, again. I feel so bad. I mean, limited minutes. I don't understand that. He's a good player, and they're giving him... He's just in a backup role there. Kind of weird. Uh, Glenn Robinson III has had some dazzling moments. He's had game-winning shots. He's had some 20-point games off the bench. I'm sure the Pacers have been quite happy with Glenn Robinson III, the former Timberwolves second-rounder, uh, a couple years back. Uh, Monta Ellis, again, like I always say, how the mighty have fallen. But watch him go off against us. <laughs> Even though, again, that's another guy. L. Jefferson and Monta Ellis. Years ago, I mean, boy, just just imagine the Wolves with Al Jefferson and Monta Ellis years ago. That would have been a pretty talented duo, maybe with some help from a Rubio or something. But, well, that's obviously far removed. You never saw Rubio with Al Jefferson anyway. So, um, Jeff Teague, really strong addition from Atlanta in the offseason. He's done a great job with the Pacers, averaging about eight assists, 15 points, four rebounds. Just a strong overall Point guard, always been a fan of Jeff Teague, even though he, he started slowly, and then a couple years later he took off and became a really nice player for the Hawks. As eventually they gave way to Schrader there. So, or Schroeder, Schroeder. I keep getting Schrader and Schroeder mixed up, even though it's spelt the same. Um, this club always seems to torch the Wolves from the outside, and it's never going to change, I swear. Never. <laughs> I've never liked this matchup. And it's no offense to us or anything. You know, I mean, Indiana came to Minnesota. Back at the end of January, 109-103, just a frustrating overall game. And and you kind of saw it happening. I mean, Paul George went out for 32. I expect something of the same. Miles Turner, that drove me nuts. He was just giving all kinds of easy shots down low. And Jeff Tague, just awesome. I mean, he, he was a little bit rough with the basketball, but 13 assists in the game. Overall, fun game for the, for the Pacers and not fun for us. Uh, uh, L... Why am I saying Al? Carl Anthony Towns, 33 points in the game. Definitely led the way for the Wolves. I expect Carl, again, to be the leading scorer, but I don't think the Wolves will win in Indiana. I, I don't like it. I don't like the matchup. I'm expecting high hundreds again. I mean, 110 to, 110 to 102 is my final score. Al Jefferson. Why do I keep saying Al Jefferson? See, I'm getting Al and Carl Anthony mixed up now. Carl Anthony Towns will be the main reason the Wolves are in the game. I got to think, and we got to hope you're going to get some support from Andrew Wiggins. Last time around, you had Zach Levine in there for 23 points. Nice, nice game out there. Uh, Post-injury at the time, it was his hip at the time, and he, he was playing a lot stronger. It was one of his good moments before the uh, major injury with the ACL, unfortunately, in early Feb. Uh, you're going to need some support from Andrew Wiggins in this one. They're going to need, like, high 20s from both Wiggins and Towns, one of them to get in the 30s, so the Wolves are going to win the game. And, of course, you're going to need some sound defense. You're going to need some of that Tom Thibodeau defense to come back and show itself if the Wolves hope to beat the Indiana Pacers on the road in the, I want to call it the Conseco Fieldhouse, but it's Banker's Life Fieldhouse. But right now I'm feeling 110-102. Indiana, Paul George is going to get to points and 
Jeff Teague is going to get to do what he does as well, set people up from the outside and frustrate us again down low in transition, which drives me nuts as so many players during the course of this week and really all season continue to get easy layups and dunks on the Wolves. It's almost like no one's there, and it's so irritating. But that's about what I expect, more of the same. Until the Wolves play the Lakers in target center, that'll be a win for the Wolves. <laughs> I think the Wolves will sweep the little duo here, the little uh, six-day duo. The little bookends. Minnesota, what was I saying? 110-105 in Staples Center. I think it's going to be a little bit more fun. We're looking at his final score of 115-100. to Minnesota beating the Los Angeles Lakers on March the 30th as we wrap up the month with a victory over the Los Angeles Lakers. I got a feeling Wiggins is going to go off for like 33 in that one for some reason. I see Carl doing well in Staples, but in Target Center, I just think... I, get a, I just have a vibe Wiggins is going to go off for mid-30s, and they start 33, 35, maybe even higher, but that's about what I'm feeling right now. Carl will get his usual double-double. Ricky Rubio is going to have one of those fun games where he's going to get like 16 assists. It's going to be one of those type of games where you're going to see the Wolves up and down the floor. I don't like to say 120 or anything unless it's the Golden State Warriors, even though I hate the Warriors. I just got to be honest about it. I, I'm feeling 115, though it could be 120. <laughs> The Wolves are going to score a lot of points in target center. They had 125 last time around. I'll be more gentle this time. 115-100, Minnesota wins the game. Andrew Wiggins in the mid-30s, in my humble opinion. And there it is. So that's the previews. Now we will stop and head for fan interaction as we will hear from Marcus to start things out. back for segment number three fan interaction segment let's rock and roll here i bet you guys love this segment don't you and i love it too i enjoy it very much so great to hear from you let's start off with marcus the forecaster again locally those of you know him he was the co-host in the past he could be again one day it's like he never really isn't the co-host of this show it's just that he hasn't been around anymore but (laughs) i don't know well one day hopefully he'll be back on board again that would be awesome but regularly probably not i've you know so uh his thoughts over the last week is we need a power forward (laughs) lol and then he says dunn is showing signs and ricky's showing his potential way too late but it's a welcome change and yeah i mean just kind of a smaller one this week than last week yeah um sure (laughs) you know i mean and dunn is showing signs here and there nothing spectacular but again his man-on-man defense is awesome and i was very impressed with uh wiggins man-on-man defense on Kawhi leonard a bit during the course of the Spurs game. It was nice to see them being neck and neck in those in the final results with 22 points. Too bad, though, he couldn't hang on to uh, Kawhi a little bit late in that game. Maybe keep him down to 18 or something. Maybe the Wolves would have won. But it just wasn't meant to be, and that's the way it goes, unfortunately. So let's hop on over to Twitter, at Wolves Explosion, at Wolves Explosion, because Timberwolves Explosion doesn't fit. Check it out. Go there. Give it a follow and interact with me. And we will have some interaction during the course of this week. Uh, Tanay, Levi, and Vince Germano all jumping on board here, retweeting the last show. I want to thank you guys so much. Tanay and Levi Wilson-Brown out of New Zealand. And then Vince Germano out of Melbourne, Australia. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for retweeting and, and showing your friends the show, encouraging them to listen. Thank you again very much. And I want to encourage you, those out there that I haven't met before, please tell your friends about Timberwolves Explosion. It would be greatly appreciated. So we try to continue... 
as, yep, I got some likes and stuff. I was kind of ranting at the Spurs game. Alex Gonzalez, because I was getting mad. My tweet that apparently I think is a is a little bit popular was, call me negative and I'll kick your butt. Yeah, because, I mean, I was pissed off. And you know what? At the way that game finished. And you know what? I'm still irritated about people coming in and say, thanks for bringing your negativity to the to the page. <laughs> thanks for the contribution. And it's like, oh, be quiet. And it's some person you never met before. It's not one of the admins of the page or anything. It's not... You know, Trevor Wickerin or anybody like that. It's just some guy I never met before. Never, just, you just come there and troll me saying I'm trolling the team. Okay. Anyhow, Alex Gonzalez says you can never be too negative on this team. I can't even picture the day when this team contends again. Oh, well, they will contend again, but uh, yeah. It's been, you know, it's mostly because of how tough it's been during the course of so long. I'm not sure where Alex Gonzalez is from. Well, it says where the Yankees play, so he's a New Yorker. But I believe he's a Wolves fan. And yes, yes, he is. So, And he's been following Wolves Explosion for quite a while. So thank you very much, Alex Gonzalez. Great to hear from you. Um, yep, but he says where the Yankees play. And, I, and the, Alex Gonzalez, wasn't he a shortstop? Uh, Toronto, I believe, years ago. Toronto Blue Jays. But <laughs> I don't know if he's the same guy. But cool, thank you. Nice to hear from you, Alex. Hope he's a listener. And if you are, uh, shout out to you, brother. Uh, Zach Priest, I believe he's heard the show before too. He, I'm pretty sure he's local. He says no such thing in terms of me being negative. Um, now it's uh, for Alex Gonzalez. It's at so far gone. That's G O N Z at so far gone. Of course, there's no space or anything. And at Zach Priest four seven two for Zach Priest. He says no such thing. Haven't made the playoffs since two thousand four. Yeah, that's a long time, man. Laughing stock in the NBA can't be too negative with that. And yes, the whole thing too is. See, it's like we've had so many waves of rebuilds. You had the Randy Foy and Al Jefferson deal when you know after he traded Garnett, and even before that, you had Foy. I'm trying to remember, did Foy and Garnett play together? They did. Yes, they did. Yeah, Foy and Garnett played together one year, just one year. And um, man, I'm having a hard time. Okay, yes, Foy and Garnett. Yeah, you even had the McCants and Foy guys like that at the beginning. You had Marcus Banks, other players. You thought this is the future of the Wolves, and then that didn't work out. Of course, Garnett traded, then you bring in Al Jefferson and, and other guys along the way, and that didn't get anywhere. And then you trade Al Jefferson, and then Kevin Love is the, the future, so to speak. You're able to bring Rubio in after the uh, during the draft, after the draft, after a couple years later and all that, and then that didn't get anywhere. <laughs> it almost got somewhere with Rick Adelman and all that. It almost did. And now here we are with... Uh, Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, and Rubio still here, and others, Chris Dunn and such, uh, Zach Levine, of course, and um, I think the chances this time around, I think this one, they got it right, I think so, uh, unfortunately, you had a very <laughs> unseen deal where Flip Saunders is no longer the president of basketball because he's, you know, he got sick and didn't survive, which really was depressing. Um, so it's like right when you finally get the right guy, you have to go through another change. Kind of, kind of ridiculous, really. But at the end of the day, at least the players are still here. So God bless there. Go back to Zach Priest. He says, yeah, I mean, where else in life do you get to fail 13 years in a row? And yes, it is officially going to be 13 at the end of this season. 13 consecutive non-playoff seasons because the odds of the Wolves making it are very slim. You have an easier schedule here and during this upcoming week. I think they will sweep the Lakers, but you gotta like beat Indiana and Portland too. Let's start a like a four game win streak if you're gonna make the playoffs. You gotta be like incredibly good. Uh, Zach Kreese continues saying Wolves records have been way more putrid than them though. And let's see who was it? oh Kansas City Royals yeah because I was talking about how the Royals yep 
it's like the Kansas, but, uh, you know, some years, yes, some years, no. I mean, the Royals were pretty bad, too, sometimes, but, okay, I can see that. Because in, in baseball, you know, I, I don't think the Royals ever lost 100 games, maybe once. And the Wolves have had a couple of really bad years during the David Kahn era, the first two years, of, or the two years of Kurt Rambis. And then Flip's year, the first year, because we were so new, so young and raw. So, I mean, it was one of those things. Flip's the year the Flip came back to coach because, yeah, I mean, there was just, nobody was ready to, to really be a big-time player at that stage. They were all raw and, and new, and you're able to get Al Jefferson. Great conversation with Zach Priestar. Thank you very much for it. I deeply appreciate it. I'm pretty sure he's local. And there you go. He's in his upper 20s. <laughs> he shows his year of birth there. <laughs> uh, Levi. Levi out of New Zealand says, been a tough four games to watch, and that's for damn sure. Especially when we've had at least a chance to win all of them. And yeah, we just let it go. It's just ridiculous. And he says, despite the end scores, making the games look like blowouts. Blowouts. Here, I'm using a Canadian accent for some reason. Uh, and Tanae, very excited. Yeah, he says, I'm excited to see this. And again, the... Uh, the post that's been going around Twitter and Facebook. The future. What said when Mark Thompson won our public logo, con- logo contest in 1987 out of 2,500 submissions? His logo was the one that had PAC written all over it. And that was the original Minnesota Timberwolves logo as we're heading into a new era and new look. Again, the uh, kind of navy blue and a darker lime green. It's not going to be quite Seattle Seahawks lime green. A little darker. Probably more of a natural lime because real lime don't look like that unless they're kind of like kind of like raw a little bit i i don't know like when they're really yellow like kind of a yellow green it's not quite like that like the seattle seahawks that's like an ultra lime green i'd say we're looking at a little bit darker lime green coming in so and i do believe a i don't know if it's a darker blue or lighter blue probably a little bit lighter than the seattle seahawks i hate the seattle seahawks i don't want to have anything to do with them so that's the one thing but Oh, well, as long as we don't look like them, like the design doesn't look anything close to them, the design of the uniforms, the lining and all that, because I hate the Seattle Seahawks. They're the Golden State Warriors of, of football. Just can't cockiest team I've ever seen. So we'll move on from that again. Um, so let's start from where we left off, which is what I like to do. No comments on the last episode, 195, Good, Bad, and Painful. John Krasinski, yep, was tweeting that... Caspi has agreed to join the Timberwolves. We'll fly home with the team from New Orleans tonight. Yep, and that was posted by Trevor Wickerin on the Flips Army Wolves Talk. Flips Army, got to give a shout-out to them, too. They're kind enough to allow me to post links to Timberwolves Explosion on their page. I thank you very much, Flips Army and Trevor Wickerin. So giving them a shout-out. Look them up and give them a like and interact with them during the course of the week in, in in-game threads. Really fun to comment in there. Just <laughs> And if somebody calls you negative, ignore them. Just, just ignore them. Uh, you know, because no matter how great the page is, you're always going to get people like that are overly sensitive. It's, it's annoying. And I don't know, that's how this town is about a lot of things. And I said, Shalom. The Timberwolves officially signed Omri Caspi for the rest of the season. And I got a post from Jim Germano saying, Yes, sir. Yep. <laughs> you know what that was back in the day when me and Marcus were... <laughs> Me and Marcus were together. It was almost like filling in the dead air when he was kind of sitting, when he was kind of like in deep in thought. Like he was talking and then he kind of stopped for a second and he was kind of deep in thought. So I just say, yes, sir. But also I was deep in thought too because I'm just such a thoughtful guy, aren't I? Uh, I also posted the same thing here. Uh, I think Tanae, oh, I don't remember if he retweeted it. I think it was Tanae that posted it on 
to Twitter, and then I posted it on Facebook. Brent Jacobson says, most legendary franchises have kept the same look for the most part. Yeah, like, you don't see new logos for the Yankees. You don't see new logos for, okay, we could go on the Celtics, Lakers for the most part. Lakers changed their uniforms in 2000. I would have preferred they just leave that alone, but they didn't. Uh, Celtics, other than those weird-looking third jerseys that they've popped up every now and then, different versions of weird-looking third jerseys they've had over the years. Um, but the Celtics, yeah. I mean, I love the classic green or white jerseys for the Boston Celtics. How can you deny how wonderful that is? Even the New York Knicks, who've had in and out years. I mean, sometimes the red changes to orange, and that's kind of that was a trend, and then it kind of got back to red again because uh, Phil Jackson took over, the former Nick from back in the day. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> visitor post, you're going to hear from Hank McCoy pretty shortly here. And. Yes, I can't remember if I read this or not on the last show. I did, yeah, I did. How good is Rubio from Vince Germano? And then last Friday, after that good game <laughs> against the Miami Heat, it was a good game in terms of how you know how well Rubio played and all that. But, um, you know, uh, Vince Germano says, Rubio, that is all. Uh, oh, I hate that that is all. But it's okay. It's okay. It's, uh, I'll, I'll give Vince a pass because, you know, because because you're the best. And I was like, he's not quite Hall of Fame material yet, my friend, but he certainly has stepped up in a big way since January. And, yes, he has been very good. Uh, Vince says he's just so happy for him. Yes. And Dan May says, but it's a trend. He plays plays shit all year. And, again, forgive the French there. Uh, last few months plays decent. Season finishes. <laughs> And we all think he's going to be good. Next season comes around, bam, shithouse. <laughs> oh, Vince Romano says, it's different this time. He's blossomed. I can feel it. And Dan says, nah, that's that's your ram. That's your ram you're feeling. Hmm. <laughs> oh, boy, you guys are funny. I love you guys. Um, I do think there's something a little different about Rubio this time around. We'll see, though. I mean, you know, he's had ups and downs. But you know what seems to be what's derailed Ricky Rubio? And, you know, when he's playing well, then all of a sudden he isn't. You know what really does it, though? Injuries. It's like here comes the freak injury, and then down, down, down we go. Like he started out the year so well after signing that $55 million contract a couple years ago when Flip was the coach, and then he had that worst ankle injury you've ever seen. He had tendons torn in his foot and all that. It's just ridiculous injury. And you know what? Injuries happen, but it's like, ugh, just the worst luck ever. And then he came back, he wasn't the same guy, was he? And he just, you know, and it's like, great. And then he still wasn't the same guy for quite a while. I I don't know. So pray to God he doesn't get hurt this time, or maybe he can continue the positive trend. But at the same time, that Spurs game, when he got schooled by that defense who sagged off him and just took the ball away from him, just drove me nuts. Oh, maybe Rubio should have driven to the basket. He sees him sag off, drive to the basket, lay it in. You know, just off the glass. You know, off the glass, you don't have to have a great jump shot to go off the glass when you're at the, you know, when you're driving the lane. Fake a pass and go. Just that, that's what I would do in that situation. In that that major situation when they're not expecting you to make when you're not expecting you to make a uh, uh, go for the basket, they think you're going to make a pass, take the ball away. But then all of a sudden they look silly because they're going the wrong way and you're on your way to the basket. Hank McCoy, also of the Courtside Podcast, Vince Germano and Hank McCoy. Hank McCoy, the Alpha Dog, Vince Germano, the. Uh, the uh, John Watson to Hank McCoy, Sherlock Holmes there with the <laughs> Courtside Podcast. Highly recommended. Check it out on iTunes and Podbean. I don't want to say Podomatic. Podbean. That's the app. They're both apps. They're both available on all smart devices, to be quite frank. So, yes, Android, Apple, whatever it is. Uh, for 
iTunes, you get the free shows, like the like the mini shows. For Podbean, you get all the shows if you sign up for the premium subscription. Otherwise, you just get the free shows, the, the mini shows. There's a there's premium shows which are a bit longer and a bit more you know of a production per se, like you know season previews stuff like that, and you know just big big productions like Christmas specials things like that. Twenty dollars a year and you get it all, baby. You get it all on Podbean. But uh, if, if you want to just check it out first on iTunes, go that way. But I recommend downloading both apps and just ha- have them ready to roll. That way, when you're ready to sign up for the premium account, you can do that right away with your PayPal account or whatever it is. So ready to rock and roll, 20 bucks for the whole year. And again, I've been thinking of doing the same thing, but haven't gotten around to it as of yet. Rock and roll. Let's say Hank McCoy says, a bit sad to see Lance go. And that's again, Lance Stevenson talking about ankle injuries. That poor guy. I mean, freak injuries for the guy. I mean, the, his ankle just got caught when he was trying to kind of make a move and down he went. I believe he was with, yeah, he was without the ball. He was trying to kind of make a move and get around somebody so he'd be open, cut to the basket. Down he went. And then Chris Dunn, as he's making lateral moves defensively, goes right into this same ankle of Lance Stevenson. And I mean, I'm surprised Chris Dunn didn't get hurt. And maybe he did a little bit, but, you know, the kind where you get back in and play again. Lance Stevenson, though, not so much. And he wasn't getting up for a while with that one. And that, that sucks, and then ultimately gone. So, and uh, Omri Caspi, number 18, number 18, which I believe has a Jewish tie to it, the number 18. I don't know a whole lot about it, so I'm not going to attempt to get in there and butcher what I'm <laughs> you know, butcher the uh, facts on that one, so I better leave it alone. Um, Hank says, a bit sad to see Lance go. I liked the toughness he brought to the squad. And by the way, this is the Facebook page for Timberwolves Explosion, if I didn't even mention that. Facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. All this information will be in the show description if you'd rather just click on that and then rock and roll from there. I says, a bit sad to see Lance go. I like the toughness he brought to the squad. Maybe there's a chance for him to join again next season, and that's possible. But the Caspi signing is going to be great for the Wolves. He's an underrated three-point shooter and was buried out in Sacramento. Could be a perfect sharpshooter that Wolves need. He's one. Hundred times better than Nemanja, that's for sure. Could see this working out long term. Got us brother floor so Towns can go to work. Because the way Wiggins has been playing, he couldn't throw the ball into the ocean. Zing! And yes, Wiggins, just it's just Brick City. Put the construction workers hat on, Andrew, and uh, you know, bring your lunch pail, that type of thing. Because uh, too many brick lay in there. Too too much brick laying. And I love Andrew Wiggins, but I'm frustrated with that damn brick, brick, brick over and over again. Attack the basket, Andrew. You're a completely different player. It's okay to shoot the ball, especially when you're feeling it, and especially as your shot improves, which it needs to improve. Work on that jump shot like a madman, but don't give up your strengths. Don't give up your strengths, which is driving to the basket and pump that freaking iron this summer. <laughs> ingest that that creatine as much as possible even though if creatine even helps you build a muscle but i'm sure it does a little bit uh, yeah, you know i'm starting to wonder about that but over the years but whatever it is you know legal stuff which is which is what you know whatever is legal out there to help you build up the the, the whey protein there we go whey protein that's better than creatine you know get that going that whey protein pump that iron go from benching 200 to 300 baby wouldn't that be something Pump that iron, bulk up those biceps, the shoulders especially, get back out there, and, you know, anybody that's out there to deny your shot, break their wrist on that rim, baby, and that's what it's all about. As for Amri Caspi, love the quick feet, and he does have a lot of, uh, he's just an overall solid player in this league. He was quick on defense, to be quite honest. He got where he needed to be. Um, 
I don't think he's like a stellar defender, but he is okay. I mean, he was where he needed to be, and that's nice. Um, and the talk is Omri Caspi will be signed to a longer-term deal this summer, maybe a two-, three-year deal at least, kind of maybe a three-year deal, nothing insane, maybe 15 maybe $25 million. That's just my guess. You know, who knows what he's going to want? You never know. But it would be cool to have Omri Caspi in the uh, in the mix. Uh, it also depends on how valuable they see Nemanja Bialica. Bialica is a lot slower than Omri Caspi, i got to tell you. And, and they're about the same age, too. So, yeah, they're both in their upper 20s. So it's not like you're denying a 23-year-old. They're both the same age anyway. So, I don't know. I think Caspi's a little bit further in his development than Nemanja Bialica at this stage. Hank McCoy wrapping up the Facebook section and wrapping up the show and there's going to be some comments as well. Hank says, So, just finished watching the Wolves-Spurs game, and in no way do I want to take away what Rubio has done this past month, but that last play was a direct result of Ricky not having a solid jump shot. See, and this is exactly the point here. He had already ball-faked LaMarcus, had him behind him. He should have either pulled up for the shot or attacked the basket. And I lean for attack the basket because the shot... I don't know. Um, there's still traffic going on. It might have gone in, but then again with Rubio, you don't know. And really with anybody. Attack the basket. I think higher percentage. Get up. Get that ball high on the glass. That way you can avoid getting swatted away at the last second by by, uh, by a trailer, a weak side defender. Put it high off the glass. You know, damn it. He, he, somebody like Rubio could fake the crap out of somebody with his good passing skills. And plus the fact that people aren't expecting him to attack the basket. Well, doggone it. Do so. And once you get people thinking about your attack in the basket, maybe they won't eat up the gobble of the passing lanes as much as they have been. Continuing, Hank says, instead, he was looking for a pass that wasn't their turnover. Game over. And I had to throw that in. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. I mean, when you use the words game over, you want to say it. You want to, you want to hear that sound bite. So I had to put that in there. Um, shout out to Coach Thibs for having this team competing each and every night. They matched up quite well against San Antonio. And they have back-to-back games, but they back-to-back blew it. But yes, he was saying they matched well against San Antonio. And they have been in games... Uh, <laughs> they have been in games a year ago that would have been a blowout. Yep. Exciting stuff heading towards the future, no matter how this season ends for Minnesota. Which, again, five and a half games ahead of the Denver Broncos. Now, Denver Nuggets. Um, and I was telling Hank, he hit the nail on the head. And you get comments, again, from Hank saying, Look, look, his game is great. But at his, but at his position, to have a weakness like that is going to hurt them in a playoff series. Maybe even cost them a game. And I know a player like Rondo has had success with poor outside shot. But Rubio isn't playing alongside three future Hall of Famers. Well, maybe he's playing on the wrong side too, but I don't know. But not yet. It's not at that stage yet. You know, like, you're not talking about future Hall of Famers until maybe they're in their eighth, ninth year in the league or beyond. Luke Williams, who is a Warriors fan, I'm not sure if he, I hope he listens to the show. I should have clicked like on both of you. Um, I think Luke listens on occasion. He says, as much as I love hanging it on Rubio and Vince, for that matter, because Rubio, or Vince usually defends Rubio, uh, he says, Rubio defiantly, Oh, no, he's saying definitely has a huge weakness in the fact he isn't a confident shooter. Shit, son. Lock, lock yourself in a gym all summer and develop a shot. And you'd think he would have by now. That's what's annoying. Annoying. Um, but use the quick step. He does have a quick first step. He, he has pretty good hands. He can he can do a crossover here and there, Rubio. Once in a while, he actually uses it, and it would be nice. Um, that would have been a good time to do it. Drive to that basket, put the ball in the hoop, and you know what? If he gets fouled, he can make free throws. He struggles at other shots, but he can at least make free throws. So 
yeah, the Wolves may have had a chance against the Spurs rather than doing a Brett Favre versus the New Orleans Saints. Just about as frustrating and, again, another good team like the uh, Spurs. But, oh well, New Orleans doesn't have five championships and uh, the Spurs do. So, well, let's move on from that and wrap up the show. Thank you again very much, all of you, for listening. Please rate the show on iTunes if you could. There is also one final thing, the call-in line, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Timberwolves Explosion. Your statement, shout-out, comment, question, whatever it is, opine. It would be greatly appreciated. Keep it from one to three minutes, five tops, but one to three preferably. Uh, the call-in line itself has a limit, but for audio submissions, you, you can keep going up to like five or something. Well, well, you can go on for as long as you want, but I prefer five unless it's like a major show, like a State of the Timberwolves or something, season preview, stuff like that, or God knows, um, some major story happens, whatever it is. Um, but there it is. Uh, the call now, there's a call now button on the Facebook page. It goes to the same phone line. It uses Facebook Messenger to get in. So that way you don't have to be locally here in Minnesota to do it, or here in the United States, I should say. <clears throat> United States, you can pretty much call anybody now. So <laughs> those are the old days where you had to use a phone card or something to call Texas or whatever. So <laughs> Texas. So that kind of is what it is there. Uh, final way to get on the show that direction with audio is the audio submission route. Use the audio recording device on your smartphone, audio recording application on there anyway, and email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. Again, all of this information will be in the show description for spelling or if you just want to cut and paste that type of thing or or copy-paste. And then there you go. Thank you again very much. Give a positive rating on iTunes and or Stitcher. So if you could, it would be greatly appreciated. Thanks again. We'll be back next week with hopefully some more positive news to talk about rather than this week. (laughs) 